In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about Candyman, Gary Oldman's Dracula, Kiss from a Rose, and Vampire Vampire Hunters in our discussion of Mina and the Slayers with Amy McCall. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Amy McCall, author of Mina and the Slayers. Enjoy! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're amazing. And we're so happy <laughs> that we were you able to drag you back too. on. Thanks. Welcome we- to episode one of season five. Season five. Yeah. Yes, you, you were the you first one. You didn't have to one. drag me anywhere. You didn't have to drag me. I like dragged myself here. That's all good. <laughs> yeah, by including us in the acknowledgements. That's, I mean. That's your um, ticket to fictional hangover. <laughs> and we'll get to this later, but there were a few nods to fictional, fictional hangover in the book too. We were right. Few implies more ah! than one. We came up with I two. Know. <laughs> yeah, I think there are four from four. the first chat. Yeah, we'll get there. We will get we'll there, but them. first. Oh my god! Right, let's skip ahead. Yes, skip with your lover. Oh my god! Okay, can, can, do we need to speed run this bit now? <laughs> we do. It's the fastest. Would you rather ever? That has ever existed. Okay, one word answers, go. no explanation. You're looking into a mirror. The room is dark, except for the flickering light from a single candle. We want to know, would you rather call Candyman or Bloody Mary? Well, on Facebook, they're calling Candyman with 55%. On Instagram, Bloody Mary is coming to visit with 64%. On Twitter, both of them are coming to party, 50-50. And on TikTok, it's Candyman with 55%. Yes. We do have some comments. Do we want to read them or do we want to speed run this? <laughs> I mean, we got to read a couple of them. We've got to yeah, read, read a couple. Them. I want to hear. There's one very important one that I have to read. It's very, very important. Okay, well, you definitely read that one, but we'll need to do some of our super fans as well. We do. So Constance we do. on important. Facebook says, I feel a little biased after reading a short story in Eternally Yours. Bloody Mary was my favourite character, and now I shall always support her. <sighs> It's supporting her by letting her come and murder you. Yeah. I love that answer. It's normal. <laughs> uh, Brie on Facebook said, Neither. I know better than to invoke murderous figures, but I'd rather be gutted with a hook than my eyes get liquefied. So if I have to be too stupid to live, I'll take Candyman. <laughs> Self realization there. <laughs> Colin on Facebook said, Tough one. See, Candyman bring the whole new thing to play as well, so I don't think I fancy that. At least with Bloody Mary, she might be so put off by my masculine charms that she goes, hang on a second, this guy is very, very manly. And also good looking, and I suspect not a bad dancer when he's in the mood. Maybe I don't kill him, and instead slip him some spectral tongue, and I'll be like, this feels so wrong to be kissing the mirror ghost cat creature, but I suppose it's better than the alternative. And then we both kind of get into it a bit more and more, her more than me. And sooner or later, she has to go and murder someone else. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll call you. And then probably don't because I'm not interested in getting dead if she gets bored with me. So, yeah, I choose Bloody Mary. I mean, like, how do you that respond to that? <laughs> By looking at Colin and going, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Amanda's face said it all during that. I know you won't hear that on the podcast, but the look of like disbelief and shock kind of <laughs> expressed how I was feeling too. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a, a well thought answer. Oh, answer. That's one thing I will it's, give it. It's definitely that. <laughs> That's um, a very important one, Amanda. The, the very, very important one is L20 Kev on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> I wonder who that is. I know. Who is that? Hmm. Oh, I don't know what you for. Whenever we watch <laughs> Candyman and he says, Helen, I always get shivers down my spine. So it has to be Candyman. Even if it means I get gutted, it'll be worth it. So I can hear his iconic booming voice say, Kevin, right before he attacks. Yes, Kevin. Good choice. That would have to be like your text message tool, wouldn't it? I mean, (laughs) it can't be because you're dead. Right, but but it will be good for like the one text message that you get as you're dying. (laughs) Oh. I don't even know why we pose this question. This is just like, this is another question of like, oh, are you going to be a vampire or not? Like, obviously you're going to be a vampire. So obviously I'm picking Candyman. Well, we knew that, that you, you you didn't need to say. Everyone knows. It was obvious. Everyone was knows obvious. of the obsession. Even Amy McCaw, who wrote it into the book. <laughs> and if the door, by the time they get to this point in the podcast, considering what you were like all through the discussion. <laughs> I, I just, I can't help it. Well, you have Candyman. I'm going to have Bloody Mary because I've always okay. loved that. But I think that's like the Brit and me likes the Bloody Mary story. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm taking Bloody Mary. So what about you? What about you I Amy? go Candyman. Um, the kids at school were obsessed with the Bloody Mary thing and I was too much of a scaredy cat. Even though I knew it wasn't real, I'm never ever saying those names three or five times in a row. I'm not even risking three. Not worth it. <laughs> Um, so there is that. I'm too much of a scary cat. But if I had to invoke one of them, Candyman, like like Kev took it right out of my mouth. It's that cool voice. It's the whole aesthetic. You know, if I'm going to be murdered, he's going to look really good and really scary doing it. Yes. So, yeah, Candyman. Oh, Candyman. Oh, I'm going to make friends with Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, you'd be team Bloody Mary. Somebody needs to be. Come on. Somebody well, exactly. does need to be on her side. No, I'll listen to her, I'll feel I'll hear her out what, and then, you know, point her in the direction of the people who I think she should be crawling through their mirror and murdering. Sure, you can team up with her. I Oh, I would. I would. Yeah. I have a list. Good. A literal handwritten list. But my handwriting's <laughs> terrible, so nobody will ever be able to indict me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. I mean, you might get the Candyman without spoiling it from the end of the film, like that Candyman might come and then you might be okay because i feel like we wouldn't be the target of that it would be like the horrible like women mistreating men of the world would get taken down really try not to spoil the film but yeah i think there are different versions of Candyman, and we might be safe with one of them that's right especially that is true especially because we know his history and we want to keep him safe yeah, like so we're he, team Candyman, so how can yeah. he, like, the hook, like, you just like, oh, no, maybe, maybe you guys, you guys are cool, you're fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we call them both, and they could, like, you know, go on a date or something, yeah. or, yeah. you know, even if there's nothing romantic, they could have a platonic friendship. I think that would be really sure. cute. Yeah. I was really worried that you were going to say we could call them both and, like, make them battle it out, and I was going to go, No! <laughs> No, 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 I want, no, we'll love us not fighters here. That is not true at all. <laughs> but in this case, 
if hey, we're if Gary Oldman's Dracula and you know Lestat lovers, not fighters. Right. Yes. And then I can't Freddy get Freddy Krueger. Have you so seen it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've already taken the claw off because I give you too much information. It's really sweaty inside that claw. So the claw's here, <laughs> but it's no longer attached to me. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a lover now. I was a fighter a few minutes ago, but the blades have come off. So we're we're all lovers here, definitely. All right. <laughs> the blades have come off. Just don't ever like try and start a, a duel with that. Slap oh no! Oopsie. Oh. <laughs> Finger knife face slap would be dreadful. <laughs> also, really funny. Oh, it would be. It would be good stuff. I, I'd, I'd like to think that the um, Freddy Krueger claw in the mansion is as sharp as the Candyman's hook in the mansion, especially after be. being chased through the exhibit by a serial killer it's like (laughs) let's make sure that every room is weaponized yes i think Nina's doing that now after that experience yes but i mean it had to be rubber freddy Krueger fingers because they're kind of poking them up at the um tourists so i don't think they want to kind of skewer their pain customers like mortal wound them halfway through the tour like i don't know they've got to at least survive right don't get a refund if they're dead (laughs) true you can keep all the bodies to the decor Yes, it's authentic. (laughs) Okay, Jared's got to get a food source. Yeah, no, he's just waiting there, like mouth open. (laughs) (laughs) We already discussed his food source and how it needs to progress to the thigh. Definitely, well, definitely. Hopefully, there'll be a third book. You never know. Anybody listening? Oh, we've already declared that there's going to be a third book. Oh, we have. Yeah, we've already. In fact, we've we've come up with an entire shelf, blockbuster shelf full of of sequels for you as well. We have. So yeah, you'll have to just listen back and see what we've gotten you into. There's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) Okay, would you rather be part of a secret vampire slaying club? Or help investigate murders with the police. The same rule applies to both. You can't talk about it. Fight club rules. I mean, obviously, yeah. My One of my all-time favorite films, in case you didn't know. Um, yes. So, I don't know. Do you want me to answer first? Or are Ooh, we going to? Yes, 100%. If you have an answer, I'm still thinking. I do. So, if it was with my actual current skill set, then definitely not a slayer. Because I would immediately either poke myself with a stake or just get murdered, like, seconds into it. So, there's no vampire slaying as cool as I think it would be. I'm just, I'm not cut out for it. However, I made Cafferty extra sexy in the second book. So, I feel like I would be... His sidekick, I will, well, on equal terms, you know, I'd work up from sidekick after I learned it all, but I've watched enough true crime. I think I could, like, handle solving a murder case with Cafferty there at my side, like Mulder and Scully, only minus the aliens. Oh, now, you see, I said that Cafferty was Daddy Winchester. (laughs) Now then, it's funny you should say that. Because in my head, Mina's daddy is Daddy Winchester. Like, oh, that's, that's what I just got weird. When that's I imagine... got weird. I know. I'm really sorry that you just I've just like cross confused the whole. Love How could you thing. give Cafferty an Impala and it not be Daddy Winchester? <laughs> it's set in the nineties, so it can't be Sam and Dean. It's got to be. Daddy I want it. I want yeah, it to be true. Sam and Dean. I would rather it. Mm. I would rather it be Sam and Dean, but it's set in the nineties. It can't be Sam and Dean. I didn't even think about that. I just want a supernatural car in it. But yes, time period wise, that kind of like it could be the dad. Yeah. 
It okay. could be. That's that's canon now. Let's we've decided it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Something else has been influenced. <laughs> Get in there. Hmm. <laughs> I need to choose. I need to choose an answer to this question. And mm-hmm. I think we probably all know that the only way I'm going to be a vampire slayer is if I'm a vampire vampire hunter. So if I get yep. to be a vampire, then yes, I will become a slayer. But if not, I'm fine hanging out with Sexy Cafferty because everyone knows if you listen to the rest of the episode, I had a non-sexual book crush on Cafferty. So <sighs> a lot of people did. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, book one, it was Jared. And then book two is Jared and Chuck Cafferty. The messages I'm getting from people are like, I didn't realize Cafferty was sexy. You didn't tell me that in book one. I was like, well, I thought I did. But yeah. He looks a bit like Jared Leto. I, I made that clear. Yeah, and that's so, fine. Yeah, it was when it was when he broke the pool cue for me. That was yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, oh. yeah. I did a bit of research to check whether that's possible because I thought I know I can't break a pool cue. What kind of human with normal strength break a pool cue? And I found video evidence, so I went with it. Good. Yeah, we yeah. would be like Mina trying to break the chair, <laughs> bouncing it off the wall in the background. Oh my god. That's so dumb. <laughs> so good. Damn. It's me. That's what whenever I put Mina in a scene like that, like she throws a does she throw a steak or something at some point? Oh no, she throws a knife, doesn't she? And oh she tries to catch a steak. That's it. She tries to catch a steak and it like bounces off her hand. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me dead Honestly. instantly. I, I I I'm surprised she survived the steamboat. <laughs> it's just pure like everybody wants to protect her so she's got a look she's got that and like dumb look i think more than anything <laughs> how, how she didn't slip in a pool of blood i do not know no. it's coming she got, she got stuck under something for a while that probably protected her but, <laughs> yeah she's she's not the best slave but she does her best she's learning Della's she's a trier yeah she's a trier she's trying very hard <laughs> she'll be successful oh. in the next book well, she's only just started vampire slaying as well. Right. Like, Give her some credit. It's like third day on the job or something like that. So This is what I wanted it to be realistic. I didn't want it to just kind of run into it. Like, yes, I know how to hold a steak. I, I tried with my Buffy steak. I was like, how do you hold these? Like, over at the shoulder? Like, in front of you? So, yeah, she, she wouldn't know all that stuff just instinctively. You don't know how to hold a steak unless you're Buffy, obviously. Right. Exactly. But she does have well, a lot of knowledge. Yeah, from watching pieced, movies. Yeah, so. yeah, and she's pieced it together from her experiences with um in book one. So yeah. But remember yeah. Buffy as well is also a gymnast slash cheerleader. So yeah. she's already got that dexterity and that fitness already before she even gets the mystical magical slayer powers. So it's in build. Yeah, I mean it's more of a watch TV and read kind oh. of person, so yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, if I'm a vampire, I'm being a vampire slayer. Because obviously, right. vampire, vampire hunter. Vampire, vampire Otherwise, hunter. no, put me with Cafferty, <laughs> and then we can have a TV series together as well. It'd be very hot. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so good. He can drive the Impala. It's fine. I don't mind putting my feet up. Yeah, it's fine. Oh. Supernatural oh, TV series, of course, like you said, Mulder and Scully. Right, this is where it came from. This was the inspiration. Yeah. For Supernatural. Well, we already said that this became before Scream because it's set in 1995 and Scream's 1996. So when Mina's being chased through the mansion, 
that scene inspired Scream. So well done. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. It was yeah. a thing. I know. It was in the newspaper. Kevin Williamson saw Wes Craven. They were like, yeah, we need to make a movie about this. Yeah, we do. Exactly. exactly. I definitely didn't steal it from anywhere. See, no. I did it first. Yeah. Exactly. Yours comes first. Stu- it was 1995. 1995. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. I'm going to remember this excuse. <laughs> Oh, next question. Would you rather drink beer and play PlayStation or go to a Halloween party? Now, if it's an 80s or 90s Halloween party, like in Hocus Pocus, where everyone is beautiful and it's a PG, so nobody's like throwing up like purple vomit on your feet because they've drunk too much or or like, you know, crashing into you and spilling drinks on you. Like, that's not my kind of party. I like the kind of 80s movie party. So if it's that, Halloween party. If it's the more kind of realistic version of what parties turn into in the UK, I'm going with PlayStation minus the beer plus lots of chocolate. Mm. So, yeah, not beer drinker, but no. PlayStation, yes. And I played PlayStations in the 90s, so authentic. I was playing Tekken and Xena and stuff like that mid 90s. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how I nice. do. <sighs> so every Halloween party I've ever gone to always inevitably ends up in the kitchen. I just end up hanging in the kitchen and that's it. Yeah, it's not quite the the movie version of our dreams, is it usually, when we go to a real party? It's like Hollywood has really kind of oversold this. They really have. I mean, to be fair, in the 90s, I was in secondary school and our teachers, our headmaster, never let any any parties. We were allowed one Christmas party in year seven and that was it. Mm. So yeah, we to had school fair, discos. They weren't exactly very wild. Um, the only school discos I ever went, we ever had, were in junior school, and the boys were one side, the girls were other, <laughs> and then awkward music was played, and nobody danced. That's crazy what? to me. In my, oh, it's a British institution. <laughs> see, in my middle school dances, I was dancing up on the table. Because it was in the school cafeteria. I was on the table, like, in patent leather go-go boots dancing. So. I can see I that. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Also, like, I, we have Nintendo parties at in our family. You know, me and Jacob, that's our whole entire family. We have our Nintendo parties at least once a month. And it's just the two of us playing video games and, like, eating junk food. And sometimes it's PlayStation. It's not always Nintendo. So I like, that's my go-to thing. So I really, really appreciate that. But also, like, look at me. I have to be in costume all the time. No, literally, look at you. You're Dracula. <laughs> so I love, I love a Halloween party. Can I host a Halloween party? Instead of going yes. to one, can I host it? If you yeah. host the Halloween party, I'm coming to the Halloween party because I'm right. very selective. I don't want to just go to some random Halloween yeah. party because I want, I want a, dis- I do a discerning guest list. Yes, okay. So I'll yeah. host it and we'll also play PlayStation. Yes. I was going to say, can we have PlayStation in one of the rooms? <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, that's the answer then. We're all going with Done. That. We're going to Amanda's Halloween party. Fine. Done. This Done. works for me. Love Done. it. Love it. All right. A little more serious with this one. Would oh. you rather be betrayed by Nat or Paige? I, I yeah. You've got to slap a bitch. Yeah. you got to slap a bitch. 
they're both terrible people aren't they really but on the scale of terrible people i think that is worse because at least Paige tells you she's a terrible person right the moment she meets mina she's like she's horrible and she's yeah. racist and pretty sure she's just everything that she possibly everything a bad person can be she is rolled into one yeah um and she's highly but, entitled as well isn't she she is but like. she she tells you who she is and i kind of appreciate that about her like have you seen um jawbreakers rose mcgowan's character in that like she's just evil on the surface evil mm. underneath whereas nat is best friend on the surface stabs one of your friends in the chest and then stabs you metaphorically in the back so yeah, yeah. nat is much worse in yeah. my book I agree. You like, you, are you with me? Not, that's, not a more terrible human being. Yeah, she really is. She's your brand new best friend. Come on. That is, that's harsh. At least, yeah. you know, Paige is just built in. She's terrible yeah. already. You already expect the worst from her. But Nat is your friend. That's painful. Mina doesn't treat Nat very nice, though, either. I mean, not, this she, is not defending Nat's behavior yeah, at all. I, Nat yeah. is a horrible person. She's too yeah. fierce and she's a murderer. But Mina pushes Nat away. She's, you know, like when she comes to drop the dictaphone off, she's obviously got something very important to say. But Mina's like, no, 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 I don't have time for you. And she just constantly. Literally like pushes her out the door and shuts yeah, it. Literally pushes her out the door. But no. In Mina's defense, in Mina's defense, she's trying to protect her and she's trying to kind of. She, yeah, she wants a moment with Della who's going through something, but she doesn't think that Nat... She thinks that Nat is pure and virtuous and needs to be outside that world, whereas Nat is kind of already in it and the worst yeah. part of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of saw Mina as thinking that she'd been dragged into this world and, you know, does she want her friend in there as well? Like, But Mina's making decisions on behalf yes, of other people. Yeah, she like, is, she's trying to tell true. Carly, don't go to the underground, don't be associated with the slippy slope. Yeah. However, considering the amount of clientele the underground will have, the percentage of the slippery slope happening is very small. And I'll be honest, that scene, Mina really annoyed me because I thought, you're 18. Yeah, you've had the fang fest thing that's happened, but you're telling somebody who's 21, who's older than you, and probably be doing the vampire lifestyle thing a bit longer than you've been knowledgeable of vampires, what to do. Who the hell do you think you are? Shut up and no, no. I, I really, I mean it in that little scene. I thought you need to shut up. You need, you can't be telling people what to do. I don't know. I'm still team Mina. Like I just, oh, think no, she, I had, had, she had good intentions. She, yeah, but she's that's got the good thing. intentions. Like, I think Mina, she doesn't always do things right. But I think that she yeah. was like trying to say, like, I know vampires are real and you don't, and you're kind of getting embroiled in this thing that could be really bad. And like. Everybody involved in this seems to get murdered. So, yeah, that's what I think she was trying to think. She's she's always trying. I know that she can be like domineering, but she's doing it to try and help people. That's oh no, I get I that. Think. But the problem that Mina's got is everybody she knows is a serial killer. So her, her <laughs> viewpoint is skewed. I, th- I think it was just, just like she was just being the usual teenager of I know what's best and I'm going yeah. to tell somebody who's older than me. And I was like, no, shut up, don't do that. <laughs> As an but older yeah, person gets does. told off frequently by somebody younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I mean, man's only two when I get that. Yeah. I think that we should just tell Cafferty what's going on and then <laughs> stare dreamily into his eyes. Yeah, Cafferty. I mean... <clears throat> we'll have... Oh. He can rev the engine of his Impala. He can. <laughs> Crack and pull cues over his knee. 
And then he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to suit up. And he comes back with a crossbow. Oh, I love him so much. And he's so practical. He's like, oh, so we need to find this information. I'll call the Coast Guard. Hello. <laughs> Five minutes later, there's your information. It's like, oh, this is what we needed all the time. He is the level-headed, smart, sexy grown-up we all need in our lives. I appreciate the just... fact that he went and like found out vampires are real. And the first thing he does is like just whittle loads of steaks ready. He's like, <laughs> okay, they're real. I'm just prepare myself. Yeah, ever since I found out, I've been whittling. And, and they're like, oh, great. That's perfect. And then he's got a whole quiver full of <laughs> whittled crossbow yeah. steaks. And he's ready. Yeah. He's prepared. <laughs> I have my own set of wheels to be able to get to locations and a crossbow. You're in. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like, why do they even need the others who've tagged along, right? Just take Cafferty. Just take Cafferty. <laughs> Always. Oh. I love it. Last question. <laughs> Pause for Amanda to have a moment. I know. Oh, oh she's got the hot flushes now. <laughs> I do. Would you rather go on a rip-roaring rampage of revenge on the steamboat... Or just blow the boat up. I think we've established that I'm a scaredy cat. I'm not like a kind of John McClane going in a blaze of glory person. I'm the person who runs in, puts the explosives in and runs away and watches from a safe distance and enjoys the fire, but you know. You get your so marshmallows get out. Yeah. I, I and then you're pressing the button down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fight my way through person. I mean, you've seen me. You, I'm, I'm Mina, who like falls through the situations haphazardly. So no, safe distance for me every time, please. So again, it's the lovers not fighters situation. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming you two are the same, maybe, but unless the vampire vampire hunter like exclusion kicks in again. It does, of course. It always does. All the time. All vampires, all the time. The only thing I'm worried about is knowing that the vampire that we're focused on killing actually died. Because if you just go in there and blow stuff up willy-nilly, you're not going to know for sure, and then she's going to turn up. So that's the only reason why I would go straight in killing people left and right is because I have to know, is she dead? Yeah. That's very true, actually. It's kind of, that's practical. I like it. You need to think about the real situations in this. Yes, it's real. It's realistic and practical. Yes. Well, wasn't that Paige's reasoning? Not Paige. Not Paige's. Not Paige. Uh, Rosario's reasoning. It's like you know, you can yeah. blow it up, but we need to know that she's dead. Yeah, we gotta know one hundred percent. And she might not die in the explosion. She might not even be there. It could be an elaborate yeah. scheme. It could be a murder trap. It, well, it's going to be a murder trap regardless. Yeah. That may or may not be true. That's true. That's 100% true. You're right. <laughs> oh. Was the mallet, Veronica's mallet, Harlequin nod? It might have been just a little one. I kind of saw um, Veronica as Harlequin in the first book particularly, like, just the things she says and, like, the sing-song voice and the fact that I think even as a human she may be had some issues that she needed to work through and then she's batshit locals what she yeah she and then making her a vampire just kind of made her worse and um making her a vampire who wasn't allowed to do anything as well that she was kind of looked after and treated like a little girl and she didn't want to be that so it just made her worse over time yeah she's bound so to is snap that what you're, you think moment. claudia would have turned into if she was a little 
little bit older than them for being able to give a little bit more autonomy. Yeah, I mean, Claudia. Claudia, she's such a tragic character. I could just do a whole podcast about her. But yeah, I mean, Claudia sort of was an interesting one because she started as this petulant kind of little thing, didn't she? Who just was more like the star. And then as she grew, she just had so much potential that she didn't get to realise. So sad. She did. She's dead. But they're making an interview TV series. Yeah, now. yeah. I don't know. Is it on? I I haven't watched it yet. I think Did they're you still watch it filming over in it. The States, or? I think I think that I can. Hold on. I have I not. They're still filming it. I um. I haven't. I think it's available, or maybe it's coming soon. Um, I always have mixed feelings about these things. It's like, are they making a Lost Boys remake? And I kind of my first reaction was like, why? Lost Boys is like one of my favorite films. Like, why do you touch it? Does it need remaking? No, no it doesn't. And that's mm. the thing. Like, part of me's like, yes, more interview vampire, but then I'm like, mm, is it needed though? Like, it's on AMC from the second of October. Amanda. Yes, it's out now. That's why I, I was waiting patiently to say that I can watch it now. <laughs> but I'm still watching Vampire Academy right now. Have previously shown AMC shows. Uh, okay. UK viewers determined to catch a show as it airs can do so by signing up to BTTV and broadband. Ugh. Why would you want to do that? Oh, that sounds expensive. Okay, I'll just wait. I'm not like desperate enough to pay for a new subscription to get it. So yeah, I'll wait and see what happens. I haven't heard, read any reviews or anything as well, so I'd like to see what the kind of reception is for it. Yeah. It's like it's more likely it's going to show up to Disney Plus or Prime Video later on. So it looks like they're going to get a first BT TV, but we'll move over eventually. Because Walking Dead's AMC, and that's what it's on bit Disney. So there you go. There you go. Excellent research skills. Okay. Google. <laughs> okay, so it's time. It's time to. Ask. Would you rather? No, we've already done that. We've, we've rushed through Would You Rather, and now we're skipping over some of our other questions. And maybe, or maybe not, we'll come back to them. Who knows? Because we always get lost. But we need to know. There are four things you said? I think there are four. I wrote this down just to make sure that I wasn't going to forget it. Okay, see, the one you picked up was that Vampire Vampire Hunter. Yes. Yeah, I saw that from you. <clears throat> like, there's no two ways about it. I wrote yeah. that and thought, those two are going to like it, I hope. Yes. Yeah. Literally squeed. I, we did. I got to we the did. book before Amanda did, and I said, no spoilers. You can spoil it, you can go if you want, but you need to look at page 296. Yep. And she did. And the, I, I heard the squee. <laughs> yeah. Just heard it across the ocean, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that you two would like that. I thought that that was a little nod to you two. And then yeah. you said some really good stuff, so I just kind of lifted all the ideas from our last episode. <clears throat> Excuse me, and put them in the book. So good. one of them, that's what we're I mean, here for. I think it was you, Amanda, that said we needed a Candyman room. So I was like, yes, we do, obviously. <laughs> so yes. Let's just get that in there. Yes. So, so that was one of them. I mean, can you guess? I'll, I'll give you a clue. Another one was a song, which I also stole from you, Amanda. Which song? You stole you- a song. Yeah, I saw a song Oh God, there were so many <clears throat> songs mentioned and I loved every single one of them. And there was one. I knew we should have done that list. We should have. There was one that was a song from a wedding, I think. 
<clears throat> and I stole it for Mina and Jared to dance to. And they danced to it at a party, a Halloween party. Oh, which and it's from the only song we've wrote, <laughs> written down. I, I wrote down was the um, strange, strange people. Oh yeah, people are strange. People yeah. are strange. Okay, so it was at the same party as that, but I'm so bad at music. It's from I a, know. It's from a movie, and it's from Batman Forever. Oh my god, it's Kiss from a Rose. You're so right. You're so right. Oh my god. Yes, I've like when I read that I'd like I'd puddled on the inside. It's like, oh, just, they're dancing to that song. It's like, what song yep. can I make <sighs> Mina and Jared dance to that's gonna be like a little melty moment? And I'm like, yeah, Kiss from a Rose. It's like yes. gotta be the most romantic song like one of ever. Oh, right? so, yes. Although yes. it makes no sense. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I can make Kiss oh. on a Rose from a grey. From the gray, needs to be Claire. We missed. We missed that one. one. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, but you know, I saw that from you. And what was the other thing? I wrote all these down because I knew I was going to forget. Gary Oldman's Dracula. I mean, yes, that was that was was the other. That was the other thing. I was like, so I took a while thinking, what are Mina and Jared going to dress as? Right. So I knew straight away Libby and Della were going to be from Labyrinth, and I thought that yes, that, that was them. amazing. That's fine. That it was amazing. But what are Mina and Jared going to be? Then I was like, oh my god, like I can't <laughs> think of that. Okay, Jared will start. So what other Dracula uh, vampire can he be? Mm, I think maybe Dracula, and then like, Gary Oldman. Yeah, no, it just all came together. And I went but it's for so... this. Yeah, I went for this particular. There's an image of them that they used on the promo with her in the big red flowing dress and him in the suit with like the gold detailing on it and the flowing hair and I was like yeah those two together Jared can wear a bad wig and look good and wear the stick on facial hair as you do or is yours drawn on stuck on mine's drawn on he's drawn on facial hair I think Jared's was stuck on facial hair and he still looks good (laughs) as you do Um, thank you so yeah so I I just stole a few things from fictional hangover and put them straight in my book I hope that's okay right that's Uh, what we're here for (laughs) yes it's the first time Claire that it's actually like 100% 100% were positive that it happened. So it happened. I actually, it happened I actually confirmed. Yeah, I stole not one, but four, three, four things from you. Yes. All of our dreams are coming true right now. <laughs> I feel like it's that kind of book, isn't it? That in the sequel, I really wanted there to be more pop culture references. I was like, there'd been quite a few in the first book, and I held back a little bit because I thought, is this going to really annoy people? Because I know sometimes people don't want it, but I think when it's set in the 90s, you kind of want to be grounded in that moment in time and get all yes. the movies and the songs and the tv shows thrown at you so i went for it oh, kev wrote down so a good. list for me from book one and book two the list for book two was just like pages and pages compared with like half a page on book one so yeah i really went for it had lots of you, fun. you could tell there was a lot more movies mentioned in this one and but you kind of you mentioned blockbuster video and stuff and so it felt like it was more movie orientated as well like with will being such a movie buff yeah and going through all the john hughes things yes it, it yeah. felt like you had you had to you had to yeah but also there were so many great songs and i mean claire we talked about this a little bit ago like we were going to go back through and write down all the titles of songs and then put together a playlist well there is there's but, a spotify yes. playlist um so somebody oh, made one yes. a, a girl called okay. katie and then um kev of course made one 
um okay. for book one and book two so you can you can good. listen to them at your leisure they are actually that really good when you hear because i just chose songs that i remembered like in the 90s or that I've listened to since and when i sat and listened to the playlist i was like these are actually good songs like not just the snippets that i remembered like the you know it's pretty good i don't think i put a dud one on there there wasn't any that i cringed and thought oh i should have missed that one off i'm sure there was um the cranberry zombie it was in yeah, it as yeah. Well. Zombie? yeah and yeah. i was literally like listening to it because i had a I had a bit of a rubbish day and on their group chat and I went right recommend the grunge stuff I love grunge and punk music and metal and I was like just give me it because I like the the kind where you just like you've got to sing along but you've also got to move to it Mm. and have like a kitchen dance party and I had the cranberry zombie on and it was the first song everybody in our group chat with Amanda was in that as well recommended and then we ended up progressing to um, sea shanties we did we, we went down a long list that's the natural progression was... isn't it the cranberries to sea shanties yeah. angry revenge sea shanties yeah, I think it okay. was yep. but yeah it was all just like 90s I said if it's 90s grunge punk I'm there like the soundtrack to um, 10 things I hate about you yeah. and oh, Empire so... Records Yeah. are yeah. two of the best al- compilation albums ever and I, that is my hill, and I will fight people on it. Did you ever yeah. listen to that Decemberist song that I told you to listen to? Because it's one hundred percent a revenge. Forever, but yes, it was a really long song, but yes, it was really good. Okay, Just making sure that you actually listen to it. Yes, you can. You can check my Spotify history. It I will. I will check for the Mariners' Revenge because that's what it's called. Everyone should listen to that right now. By the Decemberists, not nineties. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. That's the whole bane of my life. Like when I think, oh, I've thought of a really good reference. It's from 1996. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So the amount of times that I want to put stuff in and it isn't the right time period, it is. It's quite golden, really. But... I love the song Creep as well, but when my husband yeah. sings it, he gets his, he's, we've got a, pic, a piccolo ukulele. So you oh, know, cute. this one's teeny tiny. <laughs> But it's really high pitch, and he plays it so slowly and sings "Creep," and it is the weirdest, creepiest, horriblest thing you could possibly do to that song. And it's like, can, can you stop now, please? I don't like it. <laughs> Need an adult. <laughs> I think you need yeah. to record that for our viewing pleasure at some point, please. I think that you do. We need to restring the pickle ukulele. One of the strings did get snapped, but yeah, it's it's amazing. I might actually have a recording of that somewhere. I'll have to check. It's creepy. It's really creepy. Well, it's creep, so it has to be. Yeah, well, that's why it's allowable, but you still... Ooh, I don't like it. Awesome. <laughs> one of those things. One of those I things. love that. That was an accidental, like, in-joke there. I didn't even know that one, and I put it in there, so... That's perfect. Oh, it's so good. Accidental in-jokes are just as good. Yeah. They are. They really are. They're reverse-engineered. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's how I wrote my whole sequel like stuff I'd put in book one I was like I definitely planned that that was going to be a thing in the sequel obviously <laughs> just wait till you hear all the other ones you've got to write now I know <laughs> you've got so much I can't wait to listen you. to this I'm just going to like <laughs> sit there and make notes and figure out what I can steal that'll save me a lot of time actually thank you <laughs> we do our one best one of them is cafeteria trilogy just you know pre-warn you there that's already yeah well, i feel like i've left that wide open because we're allowed spoilers aren't we that when um, oh of course he oh. goes off with armand i was like this is a whole series of books right there like, yeah the of time that they spend can you imagine those two in a car together like can you <sighs> The so awkward conversation like yeah. cafeteria is being trying to be really chatty yeah and armand's like 
No. I can see your death. It's Sam and Dean. It's Sam and Dean. Yeah. And Cafferty has to tell Armand to shut his cake hole. <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't have Eye of the Tiger at one point being really <laughs> loudly on that road trip, then I'm sorry you've not done your job right. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they stay in those really crappy hotels that you can only get in America. And yeah, Dean just eats during every conversation. Paper. You're like talking to him and he's like, yep, sandwich. Hang on, yep. sandwich. Yep. Burger, It's got to be pie. a really uncomfortable diner scene where he's like got this big, the cafe has got this huge burger and it's just Armand sitting there with a glass of water looking yeah. all sad. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me one moment. Goes for a nip out, comes back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, it's perfect. And he's smiling now. <laughs> Flush to his cheeks. Yeah, I know. Ah. I, d- I really don't want to write spin-offs. I have to say, I don't want to write spin-offs, but that does make me like I kind of do want to write that. You should. I just don't want at it least to a short forever. story. You know, but you know, like the thing where a series goes on forever, and you know, some people have done that and on... and enjoyed it, but I, I just don't want to do it because I can't keep that... it all in my head. I cannot. Manage. That's so funny. We had this conversation <laughs> already. We were like, okay, so but it's, it's either a series though. Right. It was individuals. Right, that's true. But she says she didn't want to do spinoffs, and those are 100% spinoffs. But we yeah. we were thinking like, okay, so this is either going to be, you know, a trilogy, and it's going to wrap up nicely, and the mom's going to be involved, and and that's the end, because she's the key between all three of them. So that's, that's going to be the end, and it's going to wrap up, and it's going to be fine. And then we were like, or <laughs> it could just keep going forever, and we'd be fine with that as well. But not Mina as the star. Mina and the Mina gets Mina and the is one set of trilogy. Yes, and then Cafferty and then it goes on to other things. Yes, and then there's I a prequel the with one. Thandy. A prequel with that, just a one. But I want the I want the Della one. So you've planned the whole multiverse for me, is what you're saying? We have, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's that's pretty much the gist of the conversation we had. There's pro- there's probably lots more details involved, but that's basically there were a few more specifics, but. Can't yeah. remember them fully off the top of my head. <laughs> it's that Mostly... thing though, like you know, Lost is one of the TV shows that I really liked. The first two seasons of it, and then it carries on. You're like, okay, it's all right, and then it just slowly deteriorates until it like fizzles and dies. In my opinion, some people may love it. I'm really sorry if you do, and you're listening to this. <laughs> However, I don't want to be like the, the really long series, like say the True Blood series that we're reading. I'm still loving every single book. Um, there are some that I think that are better than others, but I'm still like in it. Whereas I just don't, I can't see this story. This story in my head has always been three books. And yeah, it might branch off in different directions, like you said, with different characters, but Mina's arc ends in a specific place in my head. So, and I can't, I can't like push that any further because I just don't think it would be right for these characters in this like moment that I wanted to capture. Yeah. That's fine. I think that's, that's what we were saying as well, wasn't it? That it feels like Mina's got this like overarching arc with the mother and you know now mm-hmm. uh, and that story is going to end and you don't need to do them book four where you're f- shoehorning and forcing things in which is why we're talking about other characters and what kind of interesting mm, adventure yeah. they could get up to uh, and you could you know leaving New Orleans behind where you're not then for reliant on all of this myriad of background knowledge and yeah. make those mistakes. Um, you know, you can move away, go to a different part of the country, a different country completely, 
and create this yeah. whole new thing um, outside of the, yeah. the Nina and and the yeah, I think Amber. the whole thing with vampire-human relationships, I think as well, it's always going to come to that relation, that kind of moment of, oh, I'm going to live forever, I'm going to age, and you're not going to age. And I kind of didn't want that for me and Jared. I just wanted to, like, not drag that out. I think I'm just happy with there being this moment in it ending there because, I don't know, that turns into a different kind of book, I think. It become like a paranormal romance, and it has that element, but I don't want that to kind of overpower everything else. Yeah. And also, how many murders can Mina, like, witness? Like, she's got really bad luck. I mean, serial kills are quite rare, statistically, and she's only come <laughs> across a handful of them. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of logistics it's, involved. But It's going to get to a stage where Cafferty and Bordeaux are like, you're involved in a lot of yeah. murders. Um, I did... Yeah, that crossed my mind. But it's a bit it's Jessica like, so Fletcher. Were, yeah, so you arrive and suddenly people start being murdered hurriedly. And then, yeah. Mm. I feel like if she were turned into a vampire, that would be her power to just attract murderers. Yeah. They're just all swarming to her all the time. Like that episode of Buffy where he was, it was a demon, was it Xander was a demon magnet? And like demons just chased him because Willow said it was so, and it was so. <laughs> Yeah, like that. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> Sorry, niche Buffy reference podcast. I'm sure there'll be a few more. We love a niche Buffy yeah. reference. I saw bu- Buffy books in Barter Books yesterday and I didn't get them. I was going to have, I didn't. Yeah. <sighs> I think well, like, the only... Like cookbook. Yeah. yeah. The only <laughs> Buffy books I'm interested in are Kendara Blake's. Yeah, they're so good. Have you... Have you managed... You haven't read the second one yet? No. I'm so no, no, we haven't. We're not that lucky. Yeah, no. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we are. If we just asked her for it, she yeah, would send it to us. I think she probably would. Um, I would send you mine, but she personalized it, and I'm like, I'm not like that. Book out my sites, like. Oh no. Oh no, that no. gets locked in the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've moved it from the shelf the other day, and I was genuinely panicked because I got like, oh, where's the Kindle of Light proof? Okay, it's there. I can relax and go about my day now. It's fine. Um, yeah, we so, definitely yeah. just need to ask her for it. Yeah, she would give it. She would give it to us. It's very, very, very good. She did send me a promo- one of the promotional uh, lipsticks from all these books. Oh, did she? Uh, cool. Mm. Yeah, no, Probably it was a bit sad. Like, we, we couldn't get that as our pre-order incentive, could we? No, and I, and I, I, I nearly cried to her, and she was like, <laughs> it, it was pretty much a pity's end. So thanks, Kandara, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Should we actually ask some of the questions that we have? We probably should. I think first and foremost, we need to ask, because of what has happened to us right now, Lestat or Dracula? You can only pick one. I think that that is the worst question you've ever asked me. Like, I actually feel offended by it. I feel insulted by it. I'm going to walk out right now. Okay. Physically attacked yeah, by that question. Yeah, I do. However, I don't know what you can expect me to say, but I am going to say Lestat. I know, because, I know, because he was my first, like, proper vampire that I came across. So when I met Lestat in Into the Vampire, I don't think I even knew Dracula existed. And I think that the the vampires I still like are the kind of Lestat vampires where they're morally grey and walk that line of serial killer and love interest. And I'm still interested in that kind of vampire. I think when I was nine, I knew that that was going to be my vampire jam. So, yeah, I kind of... I want both of them, obviously, but Lestat is my number one choice. So I'm really sorry, Dracula. 
<laughs> How about you two, though? I'm going to ask you the same question now, and you have to answer. There is no question. Okay. This is. <laughs> okay. Um, you don't want me to. You don't want me to answer that because I get wrong for going off on a Dracula tangent. And you will go off on a Dracula tangent. We're not. We're not allowed to let her talk about Dracula. So. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me a one-word answer? Is the answer Dracula? Full stop or? No, it's not. If I had a pick, I'd have a pick the start. But then, it's... <laughs> spending six months examining one book will make you crazy. Yeah, I can imagine. It's interesting. Um, a university course has studied my book, and the lecturer Ooh. thought it was a retelling of Dracula. And I was like, "She's a Dracula specialist, as in this is her. She's brought on TV to talk about Dracula." And she thought, but one was a Dracula retelling, and I thought that was really interesting because she'd obviously imposed all this Dracula stuff into it that I don't think was there. But yeah, yeah, no. And I think that's, that's really amazing. That's why I like readers' interpretation is so interesting. And I think that often, like you know, when you study a book and the, and it's like symbolism, themes, metaphor, extended metaphor, and you're like, the writer never intended any of that to like no. be teased out by a reader. Like Shakespeare That's didn't amazing. know that we were going to be like counting the beats of every line and go, oh, is there a bit pentameter slip there? You know, oh, bloody shit. Yeah. yeah, and but that's the thing. Like, I, it wasn't kind of written to be scrutinised, was it? It was written to be performed once and then move on, perform something else. Well, exactly. I remember doing it uh, back way back when I did my bachelor's degree, um, and I had like spare credits. I had five credits, and there was a, a history of cinema course. Five credits, fantastic. Me and my friend signed up. And it was hilarious because it was all these film study buffs and it was a lot of black and white movies and we watched Alfred Hitchcock and It's a Wonderful Life and stuff like that. And we're watching, um, I can't even remember, and it was all black and white and it was the use of shadow to tell the story. And sitting in this room with film buff students, I went, sometimes a shadow is just a shadow. Yeah. And it was so funny. I pretty much Didn't incited a riot. Nearly, nearly. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, but I'm, you know, bearing in mind I'm doing an English degree, so I'm reading books and having to like, you know, interpret random stuff out of things. But sometimes, it's a sentence that's just been written because the writer thinks it sounds cool. Yeah. Or they needed you to know, get that not... character to that place, and they went there using some words that they came up with and didn't think about. Well, exactly. It wasn't an extended I mean, did... metaphor for their internal strife or whatever it was just a sentence it was just a sentence to get from A to B exactly and you know we ha I had that conversation in, in the literature modules as well, drove my lecturers absolutely crazy because I just I didn't like I, I was like you, you're going crazy It's too you're going too far but then we did have a lot of conversations about once a book's published well who owns the book Technically, there's legal ownership and yeah. rights and everything, but you, as the author, can't control my interpretation. Mm -mm. But that's where it gets interesting and you think, I never wrote this with any intention of it to be Dracula. And Dracula might never be your favourite. It might be the stat or Damien or, you know, one of a million and your influences are more pop culture movies than pop culture literature but it's how people have then interpreted it and that's you know the per the woman you're talking about who's done that dracula 
module. She breathe, lives and breathes the Dracula book, no doubt. Yeah, exactly. And that's where she's coming from. And I always find that very interesting. But sometimes a shadow is just a shadow and there's no other t- ulterior motive for a character's actions. Yeah, I went to see Lainey Taylor talk once and she said that something that she had to learn really early on was that she lets the book go and when she's finished writing it, it's not hers anymore, like it belongs to readers. And I think that's true. And you'll get for every person who messaged me and says, I love that character, somebody else will say, I hate them. I'm sure you meant them to be super annoying, didn't you? And I was like, well, no, but they can be whatever you want them to be. Like, I think there, are, there aren't many things that people could say. And if they've given a reasoned answer, I'm kind of not going to be too offended because I think that's just your opinion. Yeah. It's, well, exactly. Um, I mean, just going back to the conversation we had about Mina being irritating to me, yeah. just telling Carly off. But you're perfectly fine with it. But then it's world experience, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't know, like we'd all like certain people read the book and think that Libby's annoying. Like I think sometimes she's annoying. But I had um, an old sister recently, weirdly called Libby, who said that she like really liked Libby and she could kind of see that older sister dynamic. She was like, yeah, you got that right. And I was like, oh, I'm not an old. I am an old sister to a, a boy. Like I don't have a sister. So it was quite nice that she felt that I'd got the sister dynamic right. Um but other people might read that and go, no, you don't understand siblings. Do you even have one? Um, so, yeah. The only thing I don't like is if somebody says, I don't usually like vampire and horror, but I thought I'd give this one a go. And you know what? I didn't like it. I'm like, okay. They're the only ones. Occasionally I get tagged in stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm just going to walk away because that's that's the only thing. I don't no, know. Just, just ignore those people. Yeah. I just don't get that. Like As a reviewer, I don't understand that like i don't think i'd ever go on my way to review a book and say i don't like you know well i can't think of anything i don't particularly read but i don't tend to read books about war or something um yeah and i really hated this one it's like yeah i don't yeah, know of course because you already don't like it so you're not gonna like it when you read it in this form either because you you're predisposed to hate it so yeah i thought I'd test why are you even doing it and i still do yeah yeah, no one's impressed. But exactly, <laughs> Amanda. In the library, you're not going to have a patron come up to you and say, "I like to read contemporary YA romance and take them straight to the World War One history <laughs> section." Are you? No, that's not. No, that's not how it works. But I am. I am the go-to, even though there are teen librarians in the building. Everyone's like, "No, go and ask Amanda. Go ask Amanda what she wants <laughs> or what you should read next, because she knows." <laughs> She does. What is your actual role? Like, what is your title in the library? I am the public services manager. So uh, I am in charge of the circulation department. So I get to see and interact with every single person that comes in the building. Oh, cool. Which you're also good at, but it's nice to have the YA string to your bow as well. I know. And there's so many teens who, when they come to check out, because that's that my, like, station is or my office is right behind the checkout desk so everyone you see everyone so i like push my way through the rest of my staff when i see my favorite teens coming in like oh so what did you what did you check out this time oh tell me all about it oh i can't wait to see what you think about this one like it's fantastic i've recently got an older patron into strange the dreamer Oh, nice. Going back to Lainey Taylor, he was like oh yeah this book's really good i never would have picked it up but i'm glad you told me to read it <laughs> Yeah, because Steve West's voice is made of dreams. <laughs> He's listening to it's the audio, too. It's been a couple too. of weeks since you've mentioned it. It's I been know. a couple of weeks. I know, I know. 
but it's a lot of fun seeing every single patron that comes in and like you know i've been there for more than a year now and it's nice to see like patrons that you know and like oh hey i can recommend this book to you because i see that this is what you always check out so it's a good time yeah i signed some books in the waterstones um in hall recently and it was quite amazing to see the bookseller at work she literally like she knew her regulars and she was walking up to people and saying oh, you read this book recently. I think you'll like me and run the undead. And she just like was picking people out that she recognized or looked at what they were looking at and went, oh, you're looking at that. So you were like this. And she was doing it with other people's books as well as mine. And I was like, this is skill. Like I'm just, I'm just seeing somebody who really knows their job. And it, it was amazing. I saw Mina and the Slayers in the accidental bookshop at Annick yesterday. Did and you? I literally went, ah! What's the accidental <laughs> bookshop? I don't think I've been there. Uh, it's the opposite end to Barter Books. Oh, okay. See, I've been to Barter Books, um, but I've not been there. If It's literally around the, ca- around the corner from the entrance to the castle. It's lovely. I took a picture of it on the shelf so I could show you. Thanks. I, I take pictures of books and go in the wild and inevitably mean, mean to tweet them out and then forget. <laughs> but yes, I saw it because I was like, I'm talking to Amy tomorrow. And the bookseller was like, are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I shall tell you all about this podcast as I buy these books. <laughs> yeah, don't buy mine. It's already behind you. That would just be, you know. Yeah, that would be overkill. Yeah. It's next to Scully Joe. You can't see him, but he is dressed in full vampire costume, trousers, yeah, shirt, and yeah. cape made by my very capable mother. Capable. <laughs> um, he does look broody. I feel like he's having kind of a Louis moment in the background. Like he, he sort of looks a bit like he's sulking and brooding. So yeah, he's like having a Louis Stefan kind of angel vibe going on. Oh. Yeah. He does have multiple shirts. He's got a cravat as well. He's got a fluffy um, shirt on. Does he have a tiny wardrobe made out of bones? I feel like that needs to be the next thing. Um, well, considering it's Halloween, I can easily source the material. You're gonna have to get on that. Yeah, and he ha- he does have a jumper <laughs> and a beanie that my mum knitted as well. <laughs> so cute! It's a tiny little spider. I love it. Um, he's got a more impressive wardrobe than I do when it comes to dress up. <laughs> Anywho, sorry. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit nervous about something because <laughs> the name has come up twice, and only the one name and not the other one. Are you? Are you? Stefan, are you a Stefan fan? Me? <gasps> yeah. Me? No. Okay, so. Thank God. I don't mind him, just like I don't mind Angel. And, like, I don't look at them and, like, want to slap them like some people do. Like, I kind of appreciate the full range of the vampire emotion. But, yeah, I prefer, like, so you've got Eric and True Blood, not Bill. You've got. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Damon. Not boring Bill. Damon, not Stefan. Um, yes. And then you've got Spike, not Angel. Although teenage me, early teen me thought Angel was like the be all and end all because, you know, when you're 11 or 12 and you see David Bowie now, he's wearing like a white floaty shirt. It's just irresistible. And I don't think I just took Spike when I was like age, like when I was too young for Spike. Like I needed to be like mid teen plus to appreciate Spike, I think. <laughs> so yeah, that's the full history of my vampire interest. But the short answer is. No to Stefan, yes to Stefan. I'm just, I'm just really glad because Stefan has popped up a couple times in this conversation and it's like a it's like a stake to the heart every time. Like, stop stop talking about Stefan. We all just need to talk about Damon because he's the best. Yes. Yes. He is. I do, I, you know, I think Stefan has some attributes. Like, he's a ripper sometimes, isn't he? He said this bat. Yeah. But he's a little Switched bit off his humanity. Yeah. <laughs> 
so convenient. You want your bad boys. I'm just going to turn it off for a little while. Don't turn it off for a while. Fine. But, but th- this actually ties nicely to an actual question okay. that we were actually going to ask. It's true. And it's your hosting a vampire Halloween party. Who are you going to invite? Okay. So are you going to have it all vampires? Are you going to have a mix of horrors? All vampires all the time. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'm. Yeah, I think is. I'm with you on the all vampires all the time. Um, <laughs> my first instinct was horror authors, and like obviously you two are included in that kind yes. of cool. just interesting yes. horror people are needed. Yes. Invite the fictional vampires because we're talking vampire pie, so we're suspending our disbelief up to a point. So only the core vampires need apply. So you're talking right. Eric, Damon, Spike. Maybe we need some guidelines like the underground where it's like it needs to be consensual biting, but I figure that yes. most of us yeah. going would just be like blanket consent anyway in that regard. Um, I was only speaking myself here. Um, so yeah, I think an interesting... Oh no, we, we freely admit it would be fang bangers, I think. Yeah, Asia. oh yeah. <laughs> If vampires are real, that's like that's where you're going straight away, isn't it? Definitely, <laughs> as close to Eric as you can get. Definitely. Um, oh. But yeah, how about you two? Anybody I've missed that should come to this fictional vampire party with the fictional vampires? Which Lestat? Are you going Tom Cruise, or are you going like the more modern Lestat, or like I can't remember the actor's name who's play who played Grey Worm in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Or- Oh yeah, oh, but he's pretty. He's the Queen of the Damned. What do you call him? Um, Stuart Townsend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as keen on his interpretation. I don't know whether it's just that Tom Cruise is so ingrained in my head as that version of the start that I kind of can't deviate from it. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's he's so far as the start in my head, but I need to see the performance. The other guy looks good in pictures, but I, I purposely haven't watched the promo stuff because I want to watch it. Not having yeah. seen anything. Fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, I have to go with all of the vampires that have already been mentioned, of course. And I have to include Adrian from Vampire Academy. Say it right. Say it Adrian! properly. <laughs> Adrian has to be there. I need to reread Vampire Academy. I'm so like, annoyed with myself that I missed your read along with it because you know like, when you get so far behind, like, I can't catch up now. I can't catch up. I did well so far. I'm, I'm up to date with True Blood. Like I've read one a month. Oh, nice! Well, Have you read? The beautiful thing with podcasting is they're always there. Well, that's the that's thing. True. I need to know though. I'm going to find out what you do next year because if I'm like on board with that and I'm reading one a month of those, but if not, I might like jump back to some of the old ones and just like. I, I don't, you know, I don't tolerate this new thing. I'm going to do the old one. So, yeah, we'll see. Have you decided what you do next year? We haven't officially announced it, but right. we'll, we'll tell you after we've recorded. Yes, we will quietly tell you what okay. we're doing. Oh, yeah. I love these privileges. <laughs> I feel so special. <laughs> so I'm upset that you two are both in the UK. So that means that you can't, you know, legally watch the Vampire Academy TV show that's happening right now. I do feel because... quite like saw about it is the only way i can describe that yeah like, adrian adrian was in the the latest episode and i like i need people who understand my obsession with adrian of Ashkov to have also watched it so i can talk about it slash complain about him a little bit because like did- as soon as we've got an amanda in the uk i will hammer through it and we will do a special fiction hangover spoiler filled talk we really we really need to because i'm feeling ways about it 
I really, really am. And and that's not to say I'm not disappointed in it at all because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a world that already exists that someone else is reinterpreting in a different way. And it's just it's just all like six of the Vampire Academy books plus some stuff from the spinoff just mashed into one thing. So like the timeline is is a little bit different, which is fine because the story was written from Rose's point of view and there's all this other stuff going on in the background. But now we're seeing other people handling the background stuff at the same time. So it makes it makes sense. It's fine. That's what we said, though, in the recordings that once it turns from just purely Rose's perspective, it really picks up some speed yeah. and really mm-hmm. you know gets much more interesting which was the same with the um house of night books as yes, soon as we started getting night. other people's perspectives oh it changed completely and mm-hmm. made it so much easier to read but yeah okay i can't i can't wait what i've seen what i've seen i'm excited by and i know it's completely different beast to the books but i, I do we do, there's no doy dimitri dimitri isn't doy he, no. he's ripped <laughs> The, the unfortunate part is that it's Adrian who's doughy. Adrian is the oh. doughy motherfucker this time, and it's oh. upsetting. What I am excited by that is so very different from the movie, so we can still keep that movie close to our hearts. That's true, because the movie was stellar in every way. Anyway, we need to get back Speaking on... Speaking of movies, <laughs> which horror movie scene do you want to star in? I want to start in The Lost Boys, and I haven't put it in the mansion yet. I'm like, I'm thinking about whether I can do it or not, whether it would work. But I'm imagining like David's cave. I'm seeing like Kiefer Sutherland look alike and, yes. you know, beautiful Michael look alike. And like this kind of back and forth with the like the containers of Chinese food that aren't Chinese food. That's the scene I want to see. I want to see them like trying to get the guests on the tour, like eating the maggots and stuff. Like oh, that's the scene I want to be in. How about you two? Do you have like a, a scene in your head? like either one that I've written or like one you want to write for yourselves? Oh, if if oh. if we're in the mansion of the macabre, well, there's, that, there's only one place you're going. <laughs> I am diving through Candyman's mirror mouth and out into you know the gritty underground area. I, that's where I'm going to be. Uh, that's that's where I live. I'm just moving in because God, Candyman, it's so great, and I'm just I was so just ecstatic reading it like oh, it's, it's real she's put the Candyman room in and here it is and there's like the graffiti on the walls and they oh it's so perfect so just just know that even if people are like yeah I've, i don't like vampire books and i read your vampire book and i hate your vampire book no me sold fan Thank for you. life but just Oh, it's so I felt funny. So, I really thought I that this was going to be like a really tiny niche that like would anybody have this very specific interest that I have in like horror movies and vampires and it turns out they do it's so nice to hear like people and all different kinds of people like you know there's not necessarily one certain like group who are reading it it's just it's really interesting to see from like really young teenagers to adults it's great this is like the best thing so good. Thank you. So good. Just just, just the thought that you candy manned for me. I know, I did. You totally <laughs> gave me the idea. Like, even as you were saying it during the podcast, I was like, store that. Remember it right now. I need it. I need it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
the pressure Sorry. now though is like what have I missed that assume I get to write this third book um what have I missed that I need to put in it because the pressure now because I'm you know that it's going to be published and I'd be like oh, I forgot this room I can't go back and have it <laughs> quick all my horror movies that i'm thinking of are like 2000 like one of my favorites is um 13 ghosts it's, it's oh 13 ghosts it's is rubbish. so good and it's already broken it. and it's already broken up into rooms yeah <laughs> i like just do like a 13 ghost special at the mansion in macabre i mean mm. i'm assuming it will still be there for a while so you could just wait a bit and then be in that room in like whatever year that came out so that's fine what year did The Mummy come out? I want to say that's late 90s. I think I've looked and checked and it's not. Does somebody have the internet? The 1999. Yeah. Um, Damn it. Oh, do you know what <gasps> I like? No, 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 no. One of the greatest horror movies that is undersung and not done enough and it's freaking amazing, The Frighteners. Frighteners yeah. is fantastic. With Michael J. Fox. I don't think I've seen it. It's got Michael my... J. Fox in. Wait, what? You haven't it's seen The Frighteners. How have you I not seen know. this movie? Look, Amy, you need to. Oh my god! Just... Right, end conversation. You're gonna have to go <laughs> and watch really it now. It is not. one of the best. Oh, it's 1996. So okay, I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. It's... That's a reasonable timeline. Uh huh. Is it Peter Jackson who did it? Peter Jackson. <laughs> like, Peter Jackson did a film starring Michael J. Fox that's a horror movie and I've not seen it. I'm just like... It's it's one of the greatest horror movies ever. I, I, yeah, Peter Jackson directed it. Fran Walsh yeah. and Peter Jackson wrote it. Yeah. Okay, right. It's you, As soon as we get finished talking mind, here, you have to go and watch it. Have watched it? I don't know. I feel like shocked and disappointed in myself I'm gonna go we're, we're a little bit disappointed in you as well I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> i'm gonna go look up what streaming service i can watch this on and like just sort it out immediately what are you gonna do if kev hasn't watched it is the question though like he is like michael j fox super fan back to the future so if he's not watched it like i just don't know what i'm gonna do if kev hasn't watched it then no words i'm literally <laughs> no. stunned this... yeah I'm, 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 I'm looking now this needs to be rectified. It is one of the greatest movies. It's one. It's my like that and Thirteen Ghosts now, are my favorite horror movies because they're just so terribly good. Is it? Is it? Well, I was gonna say, is it actually good or is it so bad that it like no, it's doubles brilliant. back? It's, it's and comes no, it's down It's really good. Brilliant. Okay, so it, it's genuinely. really good. Um, <gasps> I like some, on Amazon. I like some stuff that's bad, like really bad, and then kind of goes so far into bad that it pushes back through into good no right, it's not yeah. deep blue sea slash <laughs> yeah. the f- uh, the faculty's terrible um, no i love the uh, faculty you take that I back yeah. you take but that back i think the faculty is like a masterpiece it is. Do you know um, Final Destination has taught me so much as well? Like you know, you know when you're driving on the motorway and you see the big um, HDV trucks, trucks with yeah with logs or scaffolding. I will not drive behind them or even yes. the next yeah. lane behind them because I'm like, now nah, I'll die. I will die. That's taught me that so much. That film came out when I was 15. Saw it at the cinema, friends, and we all walked home absolutely terrified of everything. Like electricity cables, like don't come near them. <laughs> that path could have a hole in the middle and like collapse and turn to quicksand. Like we were so scared. Like genuinely, it filtered into our real lives for like weeks afterwards. And like you said, there are still moments where I have like a boundless nation moment of that's gonna kill me. 
yeah so bad but yeah oh. but influential definitely that movie changed it's the lives same with um oh god yes um tanning booths i refused yeah. to go into tanning booths because of it was it's one of the sequels though isn't it I said, no, i haven't not, seen all the sequels no. i think i saw one and two and i was like okay i've i've, I've finished now no you gotta watch all. all of them you gotta watch all of them especially the last one because it's just it's perfect it makes perfect <laughs> sense it's great you have the Frighteners is on Amazon. Okay. You can buy it for £3.99 HD. Okay. Invest. It's a sound investment. I'm going to do it. Fic- Fictional Hangover will buy this for you if you... Uh, <laughs> yes. If if you're on the edge, we'll no, just send I'm, you, I'm you a little gift card. Me. You can say Michael J. Fox was enough, to be fair. Oh, who's the bad guy? He's, he's got... Te- it's the teeth. I can't remember what the actor is, but he's, he, as soon as I see him, I always remember him and things. I'm like, oh, it's... Thingy. I'm going to have to have a look. But yeah, um, it's, it's... Do you know... You know what I like? Um, sorry, I just... I just started looking up everyone who's in The Frighteners and then I had to... I, I died right, a little when bit. When you said I like, the... my head yeah. went into the Heathers song, <laughs> Candy Strap, which I... Jake Bussy. Uh, like, looking hot, thanks to Fake Not. Sorry. <laughs> Um, it's Jake even, Bussey's the bad guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's just another reason to watch it because because there's a Busey in it. But a movie that I like from the 90s, even though it's not in Mina's timeline, 1999, uh, House on Haunted Hill. Oh yeah. Yes. Love that one. I love that one. I was so obsessed with Famke Jansen. She's she just so beautiful. The faculty as well. She's in that. Yeah, she is in that one too. She's just amazing. Yeah, she just, is. That was like a big yeah. moment for her, wasn't it? Like late nineties yes. was really yeah. good. Also the X Men movies. Yeah. Like, oh she's beautiful. So I was Have you uh, seen the new Hellraiser? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've only mm-hmm. seen Stills. Mm-mm. It no. looks spectacular. Does it? Because yeah. we've been trying re watching some like remakes recently. I tried Nightmare on Elm Street, couldn't even, like, we watched a few minutes of it and it had Emmett from Twilight as yes! the lead. And yes! I was just like, I can't, I can't buy this. So we've, Don't we've worry. paused on that one. Don't and... worry, he kills himself in the, in the end of that scene. So. Oh, okay. Fine. You can just skip, just get, on, get right on past Emmett. <laughs> okay, he's gone. Okay, I'm watching it. And then, <laughs> and then what did we watch? The Candyman remake, have you seen that? Or yeah, sequel. I'm not the, sure. the latest Candyman yeah. is fantastic, and I will not have a bad word said about it. Really, I really enjoyed it myself. The shadow puppetry was yes, okay, yeah, beautiful. Yes. That was amazing, and I think that the cinematography was amazing. However, the story, I just, I, you know, like when you've got this like story of how it works in your head, I felt like they messed too much with my version of Candyman. You know, and you're like, no, that's not how it would work. And I think I'm, I think yeah. they did play with the canon of Handy of Candyman a bit. Yeah, but... and I predicted it too easily as well. I think the second the guy got stung by a bee, I was like, "Yes, I can see how that's going to go. It's not going to end well for you." Yeah, no, no, it's as soon not. As but it's I did on a hand. You're like, "Yes, I know what's going to happen to that hand." I see, as, as a person with eczema and hasn't found to deal with a lot of dry skin and open wounds, <laughs> I felt very attacked during that. Yeah. I can imagine. So, I yeah. just appreciate that he that he was the baby. Like, yeah, that yeah, was, okay, yeah. That, that was, was great. Yeah. And actually, I thought the actor was really good as well. I can't remember his name. He was also in... What else was he in that I liked? Was he Aquaman? Was he the villain? In I think he was. Yeah. Was he Black... Black... 
black mantra yeah something like that yeah can, i'm terrible at remembering the, yeah i can picture him um but yeah so yeah i thought the thing jamie clayton plays the new pinhead by the way and she is spot on looking i mean i haven't seen it yet but just look at that and you think yeah okay i'm excited about this one i feel cautiously optimistic i'm gonna have to see what else he's been in now because it's going to drive me crazy. IMDb has just gone crazy for me today. I mean, that it's it's an app on my home screen. That's oh, how obsessed I am. To be fair. I remember discovering IMDb and it being like a game changer. Do you remember it used to have a function where you could put in two actors' names and it told you what film they've been in together? It doesn't yes. do that anymore. That was so No, useful. and I hate that. It was, I, it was so, so perfect. He does. He plays Black Mantra in, in Aquaman. Yeah. He's just classed as mantra because, you know, they must have taken that out. But he's in Black Mirror as well. And Watchman TV series. Okay. And he plays the new Morpheus in Matrix Resur- Resurrections, if you've seen oh, the new yes. Matrix movie. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm st- I'm still yeah. all on the Frighteners, by the way, just looking at it and going, I need I to watch you it now. I could, so. it going, I could see it going through your mind. Like I'm watching it. going to have to now. Yeah. And I'll tell you when I've watched it. I'll give you my full feedback. Yeah, I Thank feel like you. you should just tweet, watch it, and just tag us because we need to experience this with you. I'm so bad at doing that. I've tried it before. I'm like, because I get so pulled into stuff and so invested. I'm like, I haven't tweeted in an hour. So yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. I will watch it, be fully immersed, and then I will tell you. Yes, okay. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so excited for you to watch it. You'll, you're going to absolutely love it. Amanda, I hope you haven't like, asked... oversold it. No, you can't oversell I'm a little bit worried that you've... Uh, you I can't know, oversell the I know. I know. It's not possible. But, I'm, but I am worried. No. Don't be. I mean, because she didn't experience it, you know, originally. Oh, God. And that's hard. Yeah, I'm just looking at your fans. So I feel like you should dress like this all the time. Like I keep like glancing at you both, and I'm like, can this just become your like go-to wardrobe in between? Like honestly, you both to be just fair, really do we... it. Like being a vampire is like it's just a natural choice, <laughs> obviously. We are trying to do special because it's October and it's all vampires all the time. Right, yes. For fiction Hangover. I mean, to be fair, it's all fact- vampires all the time. Fiction Hangover. Yeah, it's stop. like eighty percent vampires all the time. But we are trying just because Amanda doesn't get the opportunity now to do a lot of the cosplay, so we get to cosplay together doing it this way. And you know, I'm that's fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with just dressing up every single week, which is what I used to do. It's just not quite as intense. I'm not going out and making videos of me <laughs> hiding behind bushes <laughs> and popping out. I love that so much. I kind of would have liked to see the reactions of the people as well, like to Gary <laughs> Oldman just being there in the bush. Like, see it me. was terrible. Yeah. I got some stares. But they would have only seen Amanda doing it when she says, see me, and wills it into being. Before that, nobody's there. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows what I'm doing hiding behind the tree. See, I've never that... done like you know the full makeup stuff. I've never been good at it, but since having a toddler, because as you two know, I have to go and deal with it. Like, can you imagine if I tried like some kind of Freddy Krueger thing, and then be oh. like, "Oh, hello, child. I'm just going to help you get to bed, to go to sleep, looking like this." I have to take the teeth out to go downstairs. He doesn't like them, and but the thing he hates the most are the elf ears I've got. He oh, okay. hated those elf ears. Hated yeah, them. He. he hate some of the fire passion. I think we were we were just having a pre-chat 
Um, and he came in, he saw them on, and Mando was there, and he was like, Mammy, take them off. <laughs> like, Go away, child, I need them on. Oh, Absolutely my son, hates them. We're going to Disneyland Paris, and I showed him my Mickey Mouse ears, and he did not like them. Like, he was just like, no, Mummy. And I was no. like, oh, am I not going to be able to wear my Sally ears or my Haunted Mansion ears? Like, what especially? We'll see. What are you going to do? If it's going to ruin I've the whole... Haunted Mansion ears. Yeah, Haunted Mansion ears. Oh, I don't even know where they are right now. Mine are the, the wallpaper them. ones. Yeah, that's the ones I have. Yeah, okay. I'm going to yeah. show you two. I know that not everybody will be able to see this. I'm going to show you two. Sally ears. Oh, <gasps> look at them. And the Haunted Mansion. Are they the ones you have, the Haunted Mansion? No, I've got the ones from the uh, the stretching room. Oh, okay. the room. I do have my uh, oh, pumpkin and... I love how we just had our Mickey's to hand this wait. Yeah, oh, I don't have any of those. The oh, only one I've, you need The, the ones I've got ones. are from the stretching room. You do? No, well, yeah. I think you should. I think you could do Although apparently they scared children, so... No, I might not be wearing mine. <laughs> Send you mine, then I'll. <laughs> we we took our our son to to Disneyland Paris, and Mickey Mouse was waiting in the um. We stayed in Sequoia Lodge, and um, Mickey Mouse was there waiting, and me and my husband were so excited, like oh, it's Mickey, look, son, it's Mickey, it's Mickey. We prepared him. He was so excited, and he ran away. <laughs> so we quickly got our picture taken with Mickey, and then had to chase after. <laughs> See, mine likes characters. We've established this like gently with the various like um. He's met Elmer, Elmer, the um elephant, and various like kind of versions of Mickey Mouse. Where you go to a theme park, and it's not Mickey Mouse, but it's like a generic mouse. Really distinct. Yes. Yeah. So he's met he's met various characters like that and really liked them. And a huge penguin, which was number one favorite thing, because he's a, a big penguin fan. So yeah, I think we're gonna be okay with the characters not terrifying him. Hopefully. No, he was fine afterwards once he, we realised he was fine. I've got a fantastic picture of him in a Spider-Man hoodie Aww. with uh, Donald Duck going... So, yeah, that's wonderful. But, uh, yeah. Or, or do the sensible thing, like Amanda does, go without children. Yes, just don't have children and then you're fine. <laughs> my child has been once. I've been over ten times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... At one point, we went like almost every year to Florida. It's like let's go once; that will satisfy us. Like five years later, we're like maybe we should stop no, this very expensive hobby. Yes, we're going Shall in. We we're going in March. Yeah, I was going to say we've gone slightly. Yeah, we probably should. Tour to Disney. We did. We did. That's fine. That's fine. So, what do we need to ask? I mean, I feel like this is just a really good conversation that everyone is going to be interested in. There regardless. is. I'd like to know the promotion. To Mina and the Undead has been very different to Mina and the Slaves. Yes. But with, I mean, let's not deny the pandemic is still there, but we have to come to terms with quote unquote living with COVID. Um, so, how's it been different and what's been some of the highlights or things that have happened that you weren't expecting that are completely great? Okay, so book one, to give people some context, bookshops were shut when my first book came out. So, nobody could go into a shop and buy it, they could only order it online. But the good thing about that was that I met sort of people like you who, because of like that online community thing, I think people were really behind me and behind all like the debut authors of that year. It's like you poor little debuts who haven't been able to have the proper experience. So I felt like the online support was really amazing and it kind of carried me through and I got to do things like a launch with Dawn Kurtigitch, which little me who went to meet Dawn and queued to get her autograph, you know, at Yalk years before, I got to do my launch with her virtually. So that was brilliant. But going to bookshops and meeting real people, especially real teenagers who read my book and are really excited. Like, I wish I had it to hand, but I went to a bookshop um, 
And somebody, I think in her 20s, this lovely girl um, on Instagram called Roxy. Um, I think she's called Tattoos, Clues and Book Reviews or something. She's really cool. She'd shown me a little girl, Arg, you know, like the end of Buffy, little monster, oh. like a cross-stitched one. And I, I think that's got to be the st- like one of the standout moments, like that she just brought it and she'd wrapped it. Um, and just talking to people, like having that moment where I've been on the other side of that table and excitedly gone up to somebody really nervous and told them the thing I wanted to tell them. And I got to be on the other side of that and hear the thing that people wanted to tell me. It was nothing like that. And actually, I've done, like, obviously lots of virtual events and then being in the room with people and feeling that actual back and forth and that rapport with people. And, like, going to Yalk is another high point, like, walking onto that stage that I've been in the audience of, like, every single... I've been to every single Yalk, um, Young Abbott Literary Convention for the uninitiated. um, And just sitting there and thinking, wow, I'm actually going to talk on this stage when I've listened so many times from the other side of it. It's been amazing. And like I said, I didn't expect to kind of hit any kind of mainstream audience with this book. I thought I'd just written a little fun niche thing. And somehow it's like kind of gone beyond that and found other people. And I think some people don't get the full, the full nitty gritty and like minutia that you would probably go, that's a song from Buffy. Like even if people don't get that, it seems that they can enjoy it anyway. So yeah, it's been really cool. I would highly recommend not releasing a book during a global pandemic. Um, (laughs) Or even having one again. It'd be nice if we could just not do that ever again, please. I also um, had a baby the month before we went into lockdown. I wouldn't recommend that particularly either. (laughs) Although there were were nice things that we got to have our little family bubble and stuff. Um, And obviously it was a really close little family unit, but he didn't get to meet anybody else for quite some time. So, yeah, there were definite many, (laughs) multiple downsides, but on kind of a personal and big level. Um, But then, yeah, with my book, it's been... I think maybe I appreciate it even more because I had such a kind of narrow internet-based experience the first time. Is, is it weird thinking you're sitting there with the two books in front of you at these book signings now instead of just the one book where you're like, hang on, I, I didn't do this the first time around. Why am I allowed to do it now? Yeah. Should I not have like a, a little bit of a do-over? It's a little bit weird how, yeah, the first one, it's almost like... Yeah, that went out into the world. And then the second one is what's like a few people contact me and said, I bought this book. It's not the first one. I'm going to have to go buy the first one now. So they've like seen the push for the second book and then gone, oh yeah, it's a sequel. Let's let's buy the other one. Um, so yeah, it does feel, it still feels weird that I've written books, to be honest. Like I still have to kind of look at them behind you and go, I wrote those. Like they are my, the things in my head that became actual objects. It's still, That's so cool. it hasn't 100% sunk in, which sounds bizarre, but it's completely true. That's so cool. It's amazing. The only thing that's missing, though, are audiobooks. <laughs> no, honestly, like, <laughs> I am so, we're, we're literally, we're on submission with audiobooks. Oh, as we that's speak. amazing. And I feel like if it doesn't happen, like, you and I just need to sit down and thresh out, like, how we can do this. You just need to practice your Whitby accent, your North Yorkshire accent. And- I will commit. I will do it. I will, 100%. Yeah, it would be cool. I think my only reservation was if somebody were to buy it and be like, okay, we're going to do this all in one accent. So all your people from New Orleans and your character from Hawaii and those from North Yorkshire, we're just going to do it in a London accent. That's okay, isn't it? I think I'd I'd rather it not exist. If if it wasn't going to be done well, I would rather not have one. So that was my only ever reservation with the audiobook thing. It's like, depending on who bought it, it could be really scary. It's a very no. diverse cast of characters and of all, you know, different locations, accents, colours and creeds. Yes. It needs to be done properly because otherwise 
Yeah, you just you don't want to cross it into any territory where people have imagined a character, related to a character, and can empathise with them. And they, you know, especially people who embody certain characteristics, then, yeah, if it was done badly, it could just be really awful. So, yeah. Um, I, when I read, when I read this one, I read it accented in my head oh, going just just let me do it just let me do it amy i that's Honestly, how i read if it it was up to me like if i had any control <laughs> over the powers of being with publishing like it would already be done but oh yeah um a friend of mine in the library the other day was asking me and she she's like amanda i need you to put this book on hold for me and i can't even remember which book it was it doesn't matter but she's like but i can't do the audio because it's like the second or third in the series and she said i can't listen to the audio because the voices will be different than the ones in my head and i was like no i understand what you mean i i get it i 100 percent get it but then i'm like but then you just gotta listen to the audio anyway because audiobooks are the best but they are i mean it's, it's interesting to think that that's how people think they're like yeah. no i can't i can't listen to this because i already have all of these things in my head already and you can't change that I get that. I was surprised by the well, amount of people who told me that when I was when I did the uh, the audiobook survey uh, a couple of years ago. Like the, the amount of people that wrote in the comments, can't, I can't, the reason why they don't listen to audiobooks is because the voices in their head do not match the voice that they're listening to, and it's off putting. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. I don't have that issue, and I also don't have that issue with films. Like, say, The Beach is one of my favorite books, and a film that I really like, and they're completely mm-hmm. different, and I can appreciate them both. And I'm okay with it, even though they just took the book that I loved and made it something totally different. So yeah. the same with audiobooks. I read Strange the Dream and thought, I love this. I'm going to get the audiobook too and then listen to it almost straight away afterwards. And I don't have an issue with that. In fact, I don't know. Like when I think of a really well done audiobook, it can make me buy a book that I wouldn't buy as well. Like I'd kind of done with the Shadow Hunters books for a while. Hmm. Heard that James Masters had read the audiobook for some of them. So I went and bought those audiobooks like straight away. And that was, I read, I listened to all the Dresden Files books as well because he read them. So I think the power of the audiobook can can bring readers as well that wouldn't necessarily have picked up that book. And then I ended up loving them. Have you listened to the Grey Friars trilogy? Mm-mm, I don't even know. James Masters, seriously. Okay. That's all you need to tell me. Like, literally. It is. I remember listen. I remember when because I I physically read the the. This is, I'm such a hipster. I read the gym, the Dresden Files before they got started turning into audiobooks, and I, I freaking love these these books. And I get wrong off Amanda for recommending them so often, um, <laughs> but I remember listening to the sample, um, in my old work in their in office gym on the cross trainer, and go and stopping and going. Oh, getting chills because I could hear Harry in my ears, and it was James Masters. I'm like, hang on, he does terrible British accent, but this is gorgeous. It's like even like the little fairies that he does their voices, like it's just incredible. So good, like the female characters, people with different accents, like he's great. Yeah, I'm with you. I could, I could totally get behind recommending the Dresden Files all the time, but only if you listen to audiobooks. The Grey Friars is set, um, it goes into Edinburgh, um, and it's a vampire book as well. Awesome. You told me so, like lots of things that I... It's all yeah, you need. It's yeah. all you need to know. amazing. It's amazing. It's, uh, I get wrong for recommending that one too often too. <laughs> <laughs> My only problem with audiobooks is when the accent is bad. Yeah. Like if you listen to you, that's not Scottish, or 
it's like say like with Mina, it's gonna have to be predominantly in a British accent. Yeah. And it needs to be spot on, otherwise I'm out of the story and I would stop this. You know, you stop listening. It's the same with American, when you get a British person doing an American accent and it turns into General American. Yeah. Oh, General American. Saint Germain. (laughs) How do you say that? How do you... We've been laughing our heads off on how to say Saint Germain, Saint Germain, Saint Germain. See, I would say, yeah, in French, I would say it's probably Saint Germain. But I say Saint Germain, which is what they say in New Orleans. New Orleans again. That's the other thing. Do you say New Orleans or New Orleans? See, as a Brit, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, and if you talk, if I talk to enough American people, I find myself saying New Orleans, and then I'm like, oh, I know that American people don't like it when British people say it wrong. I try and say or, New Orleans, or you have to lean all the way into it and just say Nolans. Yeah. Oh no. Nolans. I can't pull that Nolans. off. Not. Not. Y'all. It's a whole like vowel that I can't make. <laughs> and people say it when I was there. It's amazing. Nor. Nor. Nor Yeah. It's it's amazing. <laughs> like that's bad, isn't it? Um. I feel like that I'm was never, so fantastic. I'd never do accents in front of you. I feel like there are some accents I like doing, but I know you're so good at them. I'm just not even going to attempt it. Oh, we were talking Ooh. accents at the the book club meeting, and pre book club meeting, and free everybody was freely admitting how terrible we are at accents. You're good, Amanda. I haven't heard yours Claire that much to know, but I think you're good. Thank you. I am. Um, I'm finishing up an audiobook right now that has several, and I'm pretty sure I've butchered at least a couple of them. So. Sorry about that, but the author is fine with it, and she squeed and said oh. that one of the characters was really cute, so that's good enough for me, but... Yeah, take good. it and run with it. Just take it. Just take it and go. I'm really sad that I haven't actually made any of the physical book clubs because it's at 11 o'clock, isn't it? I'm like, no, I'm in bed by then. I need to get all the sleep. Like That's the period of time where my toddler does reliably sleep, so I have to be in bed by then and get my few hours. We are doing, after our live episode, we're doing an episode the Sunday before Halloween, the 30th. Oh, we're awesome. doing a live. But we're going to have, like, a follow-up book club. So you can come to that one, because yes. that'll be about this same time. Oh, I can manage that. That's good. Yeah. And it's just about one of the short stories. Yes. Cool. Okay. Dra- Dracula Night. Cool. I haven't actually read many of the short stories. I read one, which was in... Something like, I'm looking at myself now, Many Bloody Returns, I think it was like a short story anthology, and it had like a, a Sucky and Eric one in it. I don't remember much about it apart from Eric um, was in it. Eric. This is an Eric heavy one. It's <gasps> Halloween at Fantasia. And do you know what? That might even be the one. Perfect. Yeah, okay. But so yeah, I see I'm you're read. ready. I've, you're I've prepared. It, yeah, I mean, I, I bought when um, I found out you were doing that book club, I bought the whole set of them, including the short story anthology, so I am I'm ready yes. to go with all of them. Yes. Yes, Draculite we're doing on the 30th of October. Yeah, I'm so... Okay, can't wait. I'll make sure I read that before then. Can't wait. Can't wait for that one. Uh, so we're excited about that. What is coming up for you that you're excited about? And then we can wrap this up. And you can I, go I mean, on with the rest of your day. Thank you. I've mentioned that I'm already going... Um, start again i've already mentioned that i'm going to disneyland paris um in a couple of weeks so that will be really fun halloween at disneyland i think is just like peak disney and peak halloween in my opinion 
Um, you in costume? Have you got a costume? Well, I've got a toddler who's not that into costumes and seems to not like it when I wear them either, so possibly not. I've got many spooky T-shirts, which he seems to tolerate, so I'm going to go with that. Um, he has no you idea. Do, you need to do a sneaky cosplay where it just looks like the outfit is just a yeah. normal outfit. Oh, yeah, like this. I mean, I don't know whether you well, yeah, can right see now. my jumper. Like, yeah, yeah. I could probably wear that exactly. quite happily and just wear the hat, and then he's like, what are those clothes, Mummy? Nothing. You could just have <laughs> one glove. Just one glove on one hand. You don't have to put the knives on, but you could just be wearing one glove on yeah. one hand. Yeah. And paint silver, <laughs> silver, silver nails. Like, yeah. yeah, silver fingernails and Grow everyone nails would know. For the next two weeks, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, so that I'm excited about. I also, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you two yet, that there's a horror tube anthology coming out in a couple of weeks and I have mm-hmm. a, vamp- um, a werewolf story in it, not vampires. I keep saying vampire. <gasps> werewolf. So my take on werewolves and it's an adult one, so it's just full on gore. I had a lot of fun. Nice. She said, right. Yes. She said, right. A, a, I think the prompt was something like a gory R.L. Stein type story. I was like, okay, I will give you what you've asked for. It will have werewolves in it. Um, Sold. So yeah, so that is really fun. And it's called Bad Moon Rising, which is Excellent. also a sort of supernatural reference as well. As, yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Oh, Every time I so see good. the title of it, I have to sing a bit of Bad Moon Rising in my head. So that's the only problem yes. with that idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're probably the two most exciting things that I can think of. Um, I'm doing a few more book events too, which is nice. I've got some a Waterstones one um, in Bolton, which is in November. I'm doing um, Waterstones Ashford in Kent. I'm doing like a Halloween extravaganza over half term mm. week, which is fun. They've asked me to come and be the, the kind of vampire rep, I guess. For that, <laughs> that's you can just amazing. Vampires with me. Um, so yeah, lots of fun things and things in real life, which I'm very appreciative of still. That's very exciting. So cool. So where can everybody find you? Because you do have your YouTube uh, blog as well. Yeah. So where where can everybody find you? I'm kind of all over the place now. So I have Amy McCaw is my YouTube channel. Um, I'm still using my blogger handle on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm YA under my skin on those. And then I'm Amy McCaw author on TikTok, which I'm still navigating and trying to understand. I, I think I get it. And then something happens. I'm like, I don't understand TikTok at all. So I'm trying. It's like that's how we feel too. For me. Yeah. Have you ventured yet? Or yeah, we've got we've got one. We don't do much with it. We post our would you rather questions there, okay. which I'm. I tried to find you, but then there was just a million different Amy McCaws, and so I thought, well, she's just not there. I am now. I'm Amy McCaw author, yeah. so, and I didn't know you were on there either. So I'll look you up, and then we can yeah. try and figure it out together. Yeah, we. I I do not understand TikTok. Yeah, I think I succeed. Mean, it seems you have to post a lot and be really consistent. And it, the way my life is, I just can't do either of those things. So I'm just doing my best. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's too demanding. It's far too demanding. It really is. And course, like, you need to like write the books as well, and yeah. you know, have a life and be a parent and have a day job. So yeah, yeah. I, and like everything that I see on TikTok, which I don't go on very often, only when like I go on to post our would you rathers and then our episode clips that we do. And it used to I used to do my cosplay videos, but now I'm not cosplaying all that much anymore. So anyway, but every time I open it up and it's just like people being purposefully stupid, it makes me want to die. Or just lip syncing to clips, TV clips and movie clips. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, just them, lip syncing. I don't get it. Yeah, it's, I, it's not for me. I don't think. No, I'm, I'm starting to find the things that I feel comfortable doing. Like the lip syncing, I tried doing once, and it was from Scream, and I actually quite enjoyed it because I was like, shout, pretend shouting at the camera. But I think, okay, well, no, that's fine. If it's Scream, yeah, 
And yeah. it's you. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, but I don't. But know. If, that, if that is literally the only content you create, yeah, it wasn't my go-to thing to do. Um, yeah, I'm suffering it out, and I see some people doing really good stuff on there, especially like the Halloween type content. I think, yeah, I want to do that, but I just haven't got, haven't got the headspace yeah. at the minute. I will at some point. I'll get there, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. Well, we'll follow you. Thank you, and I'll follow now you that. Back. Yes. Okay. Now that we know that you exist, there it's we'll a you. date. <laughs> yeah. Is. And I've got my homework, day. watching The Frighteners. I don't think I set you yes. to any homework, but I will feedback. You 100% have to let us know. If you're not live tweeting your watch of The Frighteners, you have to let us know how you feel about it. Okay, deal. I will let you know. <laughs> and I'll, I will understand if you turn around and go, Claire, it was chard. Um, you, I demand that three ninety nine. Send it to me now. I I will pay it over to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fictional hangover really will pay you to watch this. I really feel like you know we're at the stage in our relationship now where we can be honest with each other. So I will be honest. Right. Okay, you know, good. I owe you both that much. <laughs> thank, you, <yeah>. thank you. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. and thank can you we so say much. thank you very much yes. as well for including us in uh, Team Mina again. It's an absolute blast. Thank and you. including us in the acknowledgements of the book. Oh my god, yes. I do have more content now that she has proper outfit. You can join in now. I've been oh, waiting. Thank you. Um but no, we we do really appreciate it and it's 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 a lot of fun. Oh, I just love it that it's people amazing. want to do it. It sometimes feels a bit like, here, I'm I'm here to tell you to talk about me again. Um, but it just feels like a nice, like we've got our own little community and we all obviously like the same things, and one of them is the books I've written, which is really nice. Oh, it's excellent. Because it they're excellent. great. It's nice to see the other people as well, Amanda, isn't it? Like what their content that they're creating yeah. separately yes. and how they're involved in, in book blogging and reviewing and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really great. interesting. And, and then they'll follow us from what we're doing, which is also amazing. So it's just it's a wonderful little internet community. Yeah, would highly recommend it. to any authors. It's funny, isn't it? Like a little niche that you didn't think because I was a blogger before. I just decided that I would kind of take that model of let's get a little group of what started as bloggers together and we've kind of evolved into some YouTubers and some podcasters and, you know, just become its own little thing. Thanks thanks always for including us, though, because we appreciate it. Well, thank you for including me. I feel very happy to be part of this little family and this little group of authors that includes very cool people, including yourselves. So thank you. (laughs) Nice to be part of this. So when Mina and the blank three is released, (laughs) you're coming back. You, no, you have to. Of course. of course. There's no question. There's no question about that. Oh, so. when you start recording, you have to tell me whatever the thing you're going to tell me is as well that I've forgotten. But yes, that's oh, exactly yes. right. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, then that's right. definitely press stop. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> so that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we continue to discuss all vampires all the time, our monthly theme, with Go Hunt Me by Kelly DeVos. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another with vampires with vampires (laughs) all vampires all the time (laughs) 
You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others and rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.